in this Trinity Sunday, I would like to answer two questions. Why does Mass take so long? And is God a narcissist? Why does Mass take so long? And is God a narcissist? I'll start with the second question. According to Google, so this is the right definition, a narcissist is a person with a deep need for attention and admiration, demands it from others. And God constantly demands that we praise him. He constantly demands that. We know that one of the most repulsive qualities that we can find in a person is someone who always requires that they acknowledge our wit, our charm, our physical prowess, whatever it might be. But sometimes we give it away because we can pander and say, you know what, I know that they're not quite as good as me, so I can, I can say this with no skin on my back, you know, how smart they are, how great they are, whatever. But though there, then are those who are more, you know, perhaps witty or, or morally good, perhaps, or beautiful, whatever it might be, and do not demand any respect from us. And then it seems like there's God who has no equal and then demands that we praise him. Is God a narcissist? Is God a narcissist? C.S. Lewis talks three reasons why God is good for God to be praised. And none of them are because we might think that God might be a narcissist. The first is, he gives an example of inanimate objects. There are some things that are just simply admirable. You look at it, and everyone kind of agrees that it's admirable or that it's good, that we can admire. The thing in pop culture the last two weeks has been the new Top Gun movie. Everyone likes it. Everyone says how great it is. And in fact, they enjoy saying how great it is. They don't want to just see it. They want to talk about how good it is. You know, all the different flight scenes, all the stuff, the nostalgia. And so that is admirable in itself. And God, who is the object most admirable, we realize if we do not appreciate him, then we've lost the experience of God. Just like we do not appreciate, you know, the movie Top Gun, or if we do not appreciate a nice painting or whatever, then we kind of lost some of the experience by not appreciating it. The second reason that C.S. Lewis gives is though God is an object worthy of admiration, he still commands us to come and praise him as a lawgiver. That is, we are obligated to all attend Sunday Mass and to praise him vocally, right? Um, to, to be attentive in Sunday Mass, not just to be bodily present here, but mentally present here as well. Why is that? It's because, he says, while we praise God, God communicates himself to us. While we praise God, God communicates himself to us. I'll give you an example. Um, whenever I was in seminary, I didn't know a whole lot of anything. Um, we would frequent this bar restaurant in Covington called The Chimes. And one day, I decided, you know what? We just finished bowling. We'll stop by the chimes. We'll have one drink. Okay? Just one drink. And I was looking at the menus. Like, they have Johnny Walker Black, Johnny Walker Red. 
you know, I'll just try Johnny Walker Blue. You know, it's like just the next step up. So just wondering. Well, I didn't really know what I was ordering. And then after, you know, this much fluid, um, I get the ticket. Sir, that'll be $40. So are you kidding me? $40? Like you didn't see I'm dressed in blue jeans and slip-on shoes and a gray hoodie? I'm not here to drop $40 for a nice scotch after a game of bowling. And I didn't appreciate it. You know, like it might as well have been Old English or something. You know, it was nothing special for me. But if I had gone into the chimes and said, you know what I'm about to do tonight? I'm about to drop $40 on an ounce and a half of liquid. You know, I probably would have like, you know, kind of got my appetite ready, really anticipated it, accepted the different notes that were coming off of it. If by praising that, by acknowledging its greatness, I could have received it better. By praising God, we can receive him better. By praising him, we acknowledge who he truly is. It's a very different it's a very different thing from a person who hasn't been to church in forever, receives communion, you know, and just kind of walks away. And then Mother Teresa, who receives communion, who is constantly praising God and knows who he is. But then there's a third thing, the biggest reason for praise. And that is, it is the fulfillment, C.S. Lewis says, of enjoyment. It is the fulfillment of enjoyment. Whenever a man loves another woman and loves her deeply, he doesn't simply say, I love you, so that he can get something out of her, or he can kind of like put a tally mark on the, um, you know, on the scoreboard or something. He does it because by finally expressing it, he is then able to enjoy it. You know, it's like, for instance, a person would never go to the Grand Canyon, drive all the way to the Grand Canyon from Louisiana, look at it, and say, and then turn around. He would never do that. No, you want to, the full, like the full enjoyment of the thing is to gawk, is to gasp is to praise how beautiful it is. And so for C.S. Lewis says that because praise is actually the full expression of the enjoyment. You know, like what good is it to watch, you know, like for instance, Top Gun and then like have no one to talk to about it. You're like, no, I want to talk to you about it. Please go watch it so we can talk about it. I want to read this book so that we can talk about it. I want to enjoy it with you by the praising of the thing we have full enjoyment. And there are some experiences <clears throat> throughout our life that are so magnificent and so powerful that we struggle to put words to them. And because we struggle to put words to them, it frustrates us. It frustrates us. We haven't not yet fully enjoyed it. And then when we're able to finally put words to them, if we can, then we feel like we finally enjoyed the thing. And this, C.S. Lewis says, is heaven itself. Is that we finally know God. We see him face to face. And then we are able to, because of that, we are able to enjoy him. The Baltimore Catechism says at the very beginning that we are to serve God in this life, praise God in this life, and to enjoy him in the next. 
Those seem like two separate things. They're the same thing. Because in praising God, we have our full enjoyment of him. We cannot fully enjoy without praise. Which leads me into that second question. Why is Mass so long? Why is Mass so long? I wanted to kind of take a step back, zoom out a little bit, and look at the first reading. The first reading ended with a very curious line if you were paying attention. It's about the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God is the second person of the Trinity. And we're hearing this first reading how the second person of the Trinity is the Son, is interacting with the Father to create the world. Think about maybe God as someone who's working to create the world. He's working, working to create the world. But at the end of this reading, he says that, Then was I beside him, the Father, as his craftsman. And I, the Son, was his delight day by day, playing before him all the while, playing on the surface of his earth. And I found delight in the human race. God is playing. We don't often think about that, this idea of play. But God, who is under no agenda to create the earth, is simply in this eternal dance. The church, the Greek fathers call it uh, the ecstatic paracredit koinonia. This outgoing, this ecstasy, paracredit being a dance, and then koinonia being a communion. Like this perpetual dance that is happening between the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit for all eternity. And from this leisurely play, without any agenda, comes creation. And so this leisurely play that exists between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is what we participate in at Mass. Because if you think about it, you know, if God was a worker, if he was all about being efficient and getting things done, Mass could take five and a half minutes. It would take 15 seconds for me to consecrate the Eucharist by saying the words of institution. It would take five minutes for me to distribute communion. And then it would take 15 seconds to walk out of Mass. That would be it. But God is not just an efficient worker who looks to get things done and then screams, gets out. He spends eternity delighting in the Son, the Son delighting in the Father, and the Holy Spirit coming from both of their delight in this perpetual, ecstatic dance. And so the liturgy is this as well. The liturgy is this kind of play. With all of these things, like whenever a child goes to play and makes up its, uh, a child's own game, has all these rules that have their own meaning, but don't necessarily have an immediate purpose. Why the priest will wear a bunch of lace and a funny hat and weird garbs, while there's all kind of singing and chanting and readings, kneeling and standing, gestures, symbols, postures. All of this is part of the eternal play and the praise that we get to express as we enjoy receiving God. Because the Lord gives himself to us in Holy Communion. If we would think it would be absurd to drive to the Grand Canyon, to look at that canyon, and then turn around immediately, think it would be more absurd to come to Mass, to receive Holy Communion, 
and to check out mentally immediately or to leave physically immediately.